Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to just preach something in uh, John chapter 5, and, uh, and I won't preach for long, but um, it's a message that God has been stirring on my heart this week. I got the opportunity to go to Israel, which was an um, amazing, life-changing experience to go to where Jesus walked is a powerful thing and to see the places that we read about in the Bible. And this was one of the places that I actually got to go to. So I looked at this story this week in a whole different way. And, uh, and so I just want to share some things out of it in John chapter 5 and verse 1. Who's got their Bible with them? Who brought a Bible you've got on your iPhone or iPad or something? Just get it out and, uh, and let's look. It's going to come on the screen if, if you haven't got a Bible with you, in John chapter 5, verse 1, it said, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Nazareth. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there, been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. How many people believe that God still works miracles today? Come on, how many believe... That these stories, are, it's, it's not just, these are not just sort of cool stories that we look at. They're there to stir our faith. How many believe that Jesus came to earth not to show us what God can do, but to show us actually what man can do if man believes? And, and I believe that God is, is stirring our hearts to, to dare to believe again for God to work miracles in our lives. We're seeing it happen more and more in, in, in our church. I was sharing with the church earlier of some powerful miracles. You saw Pastor Jensen sharing the other week with one of our singers who received a powerful healing. I believe it's the heart of God to work miracles in our life. And we see that happen in this story, but I want to use this story to preach from a different angle um, tonight to, to what perhaps we've heard this story preached on before the thing about this story that we have to understand is you have in this story a paralyzed man, a cripple, and the Bible says that he's been a cripple for 38 years. 38 years he's been waiting for his healing. 38 years he's been waiting for his breakthrough. And the Bible says in the story that not only is he waiting and been waiting for his miracle and waiting for his breakthrough for 38 years, but every time he goes to get it, someone else cuts in front of him. Every time he goes to get his miracle, someone else cuts in front of me and someone else ends up walking in the miracle that he's believing for. 
he ends up missing his miracle. He ends up for 38 years time after time, he ends up year after year, moment after moment, he keeps missing his miracle. And I want to show you some things in this story and I want to preach this story from a different sort of angle, but I want to talk about how to miss your miracle. Come on, no one's going to cheer at that point. It's a different angle I know to go from, but I think we can learn some things from this man's life. How many think sometimes it's cool to learn from other people's mistakes? And in this story, there were some mistakes made, I think, led to this man missing his miracle after 38 years. And I want to show you how to miss your miracle. In the story, Jesus goes up to the man. Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus has a reputation for miracles. And Jesus walks on the scene in the pool of Bethesda and you've got this crippled guy laying there and he can't walk and he can't operate to his fullest function. And Jesus sees him and Jesus goes up to him and he goes up to a cripple and he says, do you want to be made whole? What an incredibly odd question for a miracle worker to ask a crippled man. Whenever Jesus asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He's God, he knows everything. What he's doing is he's trying to make a point here with this crippled man. And he asks him and he says, do you wanna be made whole? But look at this man's response. We read about it, we read about it before when he's asked the question, do you wanna be made whole? Instead of answering the question, he gives an excuse. One of the first ways to miss out on your miracle is focus on the excuse. Focus on every possible reason why it should not happen. If you wanna, if you wanna miss out on a breakthrough in your family, you need to put your focus on all of the craziness going on in your family and all of the reasons why God won't move. I promise you, you'll miss out on your miracle. Focusing on excuses. If you wanna see a physical healing in your body, don't focus on the miracle worker that's standing in front of you. If you wanna miss out on seeing God do a supernatural work in your body, let me tell you this, if you wanna miss that miracle, then focus on the diagnosis that the doctor has said. Focus on the excuse. Focus on the natural circumstances that surround you. Because it's crazy that this guy has God in flesh, Jesus Christ, the miracle worker, standing right there in front of him, yet all he can see is the excuse. When the healer, when the miracle worker asks you, do you wanna be made whole? Let me tell you what the right answer is. Yes. It's not difficult. It's not rocket science. But he is so blurred by the excuse. How many times can we get in a difficult circumstance and a difficult situation and all we can see is the situation that we're facing? All we can see are the reasons, are the reasons why it can't happen. But I wanna encourage you today, God has a history of choosing people that in the natural have lots of reasons why they can't do what God is calling them to do. In fact, God, it's like God gets a kick out of it. 
He loves, he loves to reach down and choose people that don't have much in the natural to do what he's calling them to do. That's why he calls Moses, who's a stutterer and can't speak properly, to be the deliverer of the Israelites out of Egypt. That's why he calls a shepherd boy to be a king. That's why he calls Gideon to lead an army who's not a warrior. That's why he calls Esther to go into the palace who's a peasant girl. He loves to reach down and touch average normal people with plenty of excuses and plenty of screw ups because then when he picks them up and positions them into something that's not natural, it's supernatural. He can make sure that he's the one getting the glory and not them or anything that they've done. How many are grateful that God chooses people that have some things working against them? Let me tell you something. If you've got some things working against you right now, you're in the right place. If you've got some things going on in your life, you're in the right place for God to do a miracle. If you've got some challenges in your family, guess what? Your family's primed for a breakthrough. That's an exciting thing. How many want to praise God that we're facing some things? Praise God, you know what? I'm facing some stuff. It's a prerequisite to God doing a supernatural turnaround and some challenges and some issues. But don't let the challenges and issues become your focus. Don't let it get your attention. Fix your attention upon the healer. Fix your attention upon the one that can deliver you. Fix your attention on the one that's gonna bring the breakthrough. Jesus was in front of him, but he, all he could see was his excuse. If you want to miss your miracle, focus on the excuse. As he begins to, to talk, when, it, when, when the, this dude starts to talk to Jesus and he starts off and the first thing he says when he starts to talk about his excuse, he says, but sir, when I come to the water, he says, I can't find... He says, there is no man. The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. I have no man to put me into the pool. The second way to miss out on your miracle is to get caught up looking to a man. Get caught up. If you want to miss out on your miracle, then look to a man. And I promise you, you'll miss out every single time. Because what you're believing to happen in your life, the miracle you're believing for is not going to come from a man. It's, it's, you know, listen, you've got to understand what you're believing for is not a man of God, it's a move of God. And sometimes the move of God will happen through a man of God, but you cannot focus on the man of God. Because sometimes if you're just focused on the man of God, God might try and do the move through another form and you'll miss it because you're too busy looking for a man. And this is something that can happen in the kingdom of God so often is people miss what God wants to do because they're looking for the man. They're looking for that friend that you always depend on. They're looking for that pastor or that leader or that preacher or that movement or that. And you're putting all your effort and energy focusing on the man. Understand God's about to do a move and sometimes He'll do it through a man, but often sometimes He'll bypass a man and He'll do it in a different way or a different form. Don't get religious 
in that form and saying it has to happen this way. If you want to miss your miracle, if you want to miss that breakthrough that God has for you, look for a man. The other thing about this story, as I said, it was 30, 38 years. That's a long time. 38 years of believing for a miracle. 38 years of sitting by the pool of Bethesda. I want you to picture, I want you to imagine, go with me for a second. Imagine the very first time this paralyzed man hears of the pool of Bethesda. I mean, think about it. This is, a, this is cool. Like he's, he's paralyzed. He cannot walk. And one of his buddies comes rushing up to him one day and he's like, bro, you've got to come with me. There's this like supernatural jacuzzi going on over here. They've got this. What happens is an angel comes and touches the water. And when it starts to bubble, if you, put your, if you touch the water at that same time, you're going to get healed. Can you imagine how pumped you would be? I mean, if you're a paralyzed dude, bro, he would have been just, he would have raced over there, got set up front row, ready to roll. All excited, believing for his breakthrough, believing for his miracle. Man, this is it. This is Holy Spirit jacuzzi time. I'm about to get set free. This is about to be a party. This is going to be awesome. And then the first time the water moves, someone cuts in front and they get their miracle and he misses out. But then he thinks, that's okay, it's just the first time. There'll be another time soon. And so the next time comes and he goes to move. But the second time he's again, he's a little bit slow and someone else gets it. And then the second time, and, but he's still not too discouraged because he knows there's many more times to come. And so he waits a third time and then the fourth time. And then all of a sudden, little bit by little bit, he starts to, time starts to go by. And now it's been a year. And now two years. And now we fast forward and you blink and now he's 38 years and no miracle. What's another way to miss out on your miracles? Real simple. Just get tired. Get tired of believing. Get worn down. Get discouraged. Allow the enemy to get in your head. And remind you of how long it's been. And how long you've been praying. And how long you've been believing. If you want to miss out on your miracle, get weary in well-doing. Because you'll know the verse that the Bible says that we're not to grow weary. It says don't grow weary in well-doing. Because this is, this is the reality sometimes of our situations, isn't it? Well, I mean, we believe in miracles, absolutely. We see God do miracles. But the reality is there's a lot of people here that I dare say are believing for God to turn a situation around in your life and it hasn't happened yet. You believe it for that kid to come home to God and, and, and come back to the Lord. You believe it for that physical turnaround in your body. You're believing for God to restore your marriage. You're believing for that disunity to be turned around in your home. You're believing for the business to turn around, but it's been years and it hasn't happened. That's a discouraging place to be. Not only has it not happened, but every time he goes to believe again, someone else gets the very thing that he's praying for. 
When you're praying and you're believing for that, for that person to come along that you're called to marry and all of your other friends are getting married and you're the one that's believing again and you're praying for the right person and you just seem to look around you and all this just idiots all around you all the time. Bunch of losers. And you're believing for God to turn your marriage around and your friends seem to be the ones getting the breakthrough in their marriages, but you're still battling through those challenges. It's discouraging. I want to tell you, if, if you allow that discouragement and you allow that weariness to get in your heart and get in your spirit, you will miss your miracle. The Bible says, put that scripture out, the Bible says that we need to wait It says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's a powerful verse. Do you want me to tell you when it says those who wait on the Lord, that word wait doesn't mean to sit back and do nothing. The word wait, it actually means to expect. It changes how you read that verse. Those who expect on the Lord, those who put their expectation on the Lord, they're the ones whose strength is going to be renewed. What it does though in this verse, it doesn't say those that wait upon the Lord will see their miracle come. And then when your miracle comes, your strength will be renewed. Doesn't say that. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Because often we're waiting. We think our strength is reliant upon the miracle we're believing for. But what this is saying, it's saying your strength is not reliant upon the miracle you're believing for. Your strength is reliant upon the miracle worker. So whether the miracle worker does it or not, if you put your strength in the miracle worker and not the miracle, you will never be discouraged no matter what God does or when He does it. You never grow weary in well-doing because your faith and your strength is not in the miracle, but the one who's going to work it in His timing. It's a powerful thing when you get that in your heart and in your spirit. I've gone through this. I've journeyed through this before. You've heard me preach about it when I had a, a buddy that was got knocked in the head playing football and went into a coma and we believed. Man, we believed. I mean, we prayed. We declared word with the Word. We worshipped. We did everything, everything. I want to tell you, we got, it got tiring. We did 16 days all day, every day, all night at the hospital in intensive care, believing for a miracle. And then it changed. What do you do when the situation you're believing for, it, it totally turns. And after 16 days, he passes right there in front of me. How do you not let that get in and affect your spirit and affect your faith? Because my faith was never in the miracle. My faith was in the miracle worker and I trust Him. So whether it happens in His timing, whether it happens or not, it's trusting in Him and waiting upon Him and not allowing yourself to get discouraged. Don't allow yourself to get down. Don't allow yourself to get tired. Trust in the Lord. God is good. The Bible says His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Trust in Him. 
you want to miss your miracle, get tired. The other thing in the story is it says that you, and I remember going there last week, we were, I was there and, and you, have these, you have this pool and then you have these five porticos or little sort of porches almost beside it. The Bible says that there was a multitude, look at this in verse 3, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame and paralysed, waiting for the moving of the water. So here you have a paralysed guy who is having trouble, he's having trouble getting to the water quick enough because he's paralysed, so he moves slow. He's having trouble getting to the water quick enough and around him are paralysed, other paralysed people and other blind people around him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm physically paralysed and I'm having trouble moving quickly, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some people around me that don't have the physical problems that I have. I'm going to get some people around me that are stronger than I am that can help get me to the place that I want to go. What's one of the reasons to miss out on your miracle? Surround yourself with all of the wrong people. Get all of those people that don't want you to walk in your miracle Get all of those people that want you to stay just where you are. Get all of those people that, get some people that don't know how to talk faith. Get some people that'll just talk. You know those Christians that always say, well, you gotta be real. I'm not trying to talk doubt, but I'm just trying to be real. I hate those people. But get, do you know what I'm talking about? When you're going through a challenge, I don't need someone that's saying, well, I just want, I'm just being realistic. I don't need someone that's realistic when I'm going through a challenge. I need someone that's full of faith. I need someone that's going to declare the Lord. I need someone that's going to speak truth, not fact. Remember, there's a difference between fact and truth. Fact is based on what's going on around me. Truth is based on the Word of God. So it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Talk all the fact you want to talk, but I'm going to stand on the truth of the Word of God. But if you want to, if you want to miss your miracle, surround yourself with the wrong people. Because if I need someone... Physically, if I need to be led somewhere physically, I'm not going to choose a blind person. Come on, let's be real. I'm going to get someone that knows where they're going. This is what discipleship is. This is what accountability is. This is, what the, this is the importance of a good church community is. Getting the right people in your life that will speak faith. I need someone that when I'm going, when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling like I can't anymore, I need someone that's not afraid to give me a slap and tell me to pull my head in and pick my head up and someone that'll stir my faith a little bit. I need someone that'll give me, every shake me a little bit every now and then and remind me of the truth of God's Word in my life. I need someone that'll challenge me. Let me ask you this, who's in your life that challenges you? Who's discipling you? 
Who's mentoring you? Who are you connected to? Who are you hanging around? A great, a great way to walk in your miracle is hang around people that one day you want to be like. Hang around people that you look at them and they stir your faith. They get, they get you excited about the things of God. They remind you of the promises of God. They declare every, every time you start to speak doubt, every time you start to speak unbelief, every time, because the reality is we're all going to at some time, at some time. We're all going to at some time go through challenges and, and allow those thoughts to get in our mind. We're going to put a voice to them. And, but you want to have the people around you that will shut you up when you need to be shut up. Some people say, bro, shut up, man. What are you, you going to talk faith or not? Do you believe it or not? We need to have those people in our life that will just be real with us sometimes. You want to miss out on your miracle? Surround yourself with all the wrong people. The other one is it says that they were waiting. It says they were waiting. They would wait for the water. He says he would wait for the water to move. What was happening is the water was still. But then the moment the water started to move, the moment the angel came down and touched the water and the water started to move, he would then start making his way toward the water. But the Bible says, as, as we've shared in the story, as he starts to make his way, someone is quicker and they get there before he does and they get in the water and they get their miracle. But this is the thing about this. If I'm paralyzed and I can't move fast enough to get to the water when the water starts to move, then wouldn't you, before the water started moving, when the water was still, wouldn't you start just taking small steps in the general direction of where you want to go so that when the water does move and God does touch the water, you're in the right place at the right time to just step straight into your miracle. You want to know a way to miss your miracle? is just sit back and wait until the water starts to move. Sit back and wait until you feel the anointing. Sit back and wait until that preacher that you love comes to town. Sit back and wait until the fast happens in January and then it'll be awesome and then there'll be atmosphere and, and then we'll be excited and then you'll get your miracle. You wanna miss it? Sit back and just wait for those powerful moments. Because let me, under, let me explain this to you. If we understand that what God is trying to do in our life, it's not just about what He wants to do in the moment of the miracle, but it's about preparing us and taking us on the journey. Isaiah put it like this. He says, precept upon precept, line upon line. He says, here a little and there a little. It's talking of the Word of God. Precept means like command. Command upon command. Because the reality is that life isn't always those moving moments, is it? How do you walk in your miracle? Sometimes you've got to be content with just still water. When the water's not moving, 
and you just wake up in the morning and you're still paralyzed, you still got some issues, you're still not walking completely free yet, you still haven't received your miracle, but you wake up and you say, you know what? Today, I'm not feeling it. It's not a big breakthrough moment, but I'm just gonna read my Word and I'm gonna believe it. And I might not even get something powerful out of the Word today, but I know that I need to do it, so I'm just gonna do it. And then the next day, you know what? I'm gonna listen to some worship and I'm gonna get in the presence of God and I'm gonna get the right people around me. And I know it's not, I know it's not a great, exciting blow up moment, but I'm just gonna get more of the Word in me. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And sometimes it's hard, but I'm just gonna be obedient to the Word. And I'm just gonna keep doing day to day what He's telling me to do. And I'm just gonna keep walking in it. And you know, I'm still paralysed. I've still got some issues, but I'm not worrying about my issues. I'm just doing line upon line. And guess what? Every time you get up and say, you know what, I'm just taking a step today. You're gonna look up one day and the water's gonna start to move and God's gonna come and touch something. He'll touch a service. But if you weren't in church in the first place, you won't be where you need to be in order to receive your miracle. Because what'll happen is one day at a time and then one day you'll look up and you are right exactly where you need to be to just go one more step into your breakthrough and into your miracle. It's not a big, exciting, moving thing, but it's just solid day in, day out, just doing the things of God, walking in the things of God, believing again, going again. You wanna miss your miracle? Just sit back. And just wait for the exciting times. Don't, don't come to church weekly. Just come at Christmas. The fast. When there's a guest preacher, you miss your miracle. One of the great things about this story, and I'm going to start to bring it to a close. But the funny thing about this story, I'm talking about all of the things that you have to do to miss your miracle. And this guy in this story, he did all of them. I mean, this dude screwed up, let's be honest. For 38 years, he still didn't get the point. We're reading about it. But the great thing, I love this, and I saw this, when you get to the end of the story, what happens in the end? He did every single thing wrong to miss his miracle. But in the end, when Jesus stepped in, he still got his miracle in the end. Do you know what Bethesda means? The word Bethesda, it means house of grace. It says that the pool of Bethesda had five porticos or five porches around it. The number five represents a number of grace and favour and God's goodness. This guy did everything you could possibly do 
to miss your miracle. But he still walked in his miracle. Why? Simply because of the goodness of God. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God? Aren't you grateful for the faithfulness of God? Because with all of the things that we have to do and all the things we have to try and not do, at the end of the day, it's about submitting to the will of God and coming under the grace of God and saying, God, I trust You. I'm so grateful for the goodness and faithfulness of God. I feel like sometimes, especially before I was saved, I felt like I gave God every possible reason to give up on me. I felt like I gave God. You know, sometimes I still feel like I, I, I feel like I constantly am letting Him down. But He is constantly faithful to me. Sometimes I look, I'll get to, I'll say, God, I need you to move. God, I need you to turn a situation around. And then you'll go through and you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I don't know. Sometimes I look at God and I say, you must be crazy to do what you do for me constantly. I feel like we as humans, we give God every possible reason with all of our issues and all of our struggles and all of our dumb things we do and wrong attitudes and and wrong thoughts. Yet the moment we call out to God and come under the grace of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful for God's goodness and for God's faithfulness. Because the truth is all of us, we're all on a journey. We're all like this dude just paralysed, just trying to, trying to make it, trying to just get to where we need to be. But isn't that the beauty of the body of Christ? That everybody's on their journey. The main thing is that you're taking steps forward and that you're headed in the right direction. This guy is a crippled guy. It's just one step at a time. I know you're messing up sometimes. We all are. I know sometimes you're making mistakes, you're doing the wrong thing or whatever it might be. And I'm not excusing sin, but what I am saying is keep walking. Keep getting around the right people. Keep coming under the blood of Jesus. Keep repenting, keep your heart humbled. Keep getting to church, keep reading your Word. Just make sure you're heading in the right direction because your miracle's about to come. And all you need to do is just go line upon line, precept upon precept. I meet with people sometimes that get so discouraged, feeling like they're not a good Christian. What does that even look like anyway? I say, man, what are you talking about? None of us are good Christians. It's the grace of God. It's the goodness of God. We don't deserve, we don't deserve God to move in our lives. But He does it anyway. I believe God wants to pour out miracles on people's lives. I believe and I'm going to declare it that we're about to step into the greatest season. 
of miracles. Miracles. Right across this room, I want everyone to stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.